0: Go ahead and be seated. Today we are going to talk about the age-old question, the one that so many people ask, if there is a God who is good, who is loving and is all-powerful, is great, then why is there suffering in the world? It seems like they are incompatible. You can't have a great and loving God who doesn't or seems not to do anything about the suffering in the world, especially when it happens to us, when it happens to God's People, And so somewhere, probably not too far away, right now in a hospital, maybe right here in McHenry County, there is someone who is most likely lying in their bed, and they have been suffering for a long time. And the doctors have not given them a lot of hope, and they are there, and they are crying out in the midst of their despair. With all hope gone, God, where are you? Now, I pray that you are never in that situation, that you are never in the depth of despair where there appears to be no hope, and that is your cry. And by God's mercy, may that not happen to you. But I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, there will be someone that you know who is in that position. And so, as a people of God, we need to know the answer, why is there suffering in the world? What causes all of these things that are going on? What causes people to, to hate one another? What causes people to go to war? What causes natural catastrophes, hurricanes and tornadoes and floods? You know, way too often... There are well-meaning Christians, and I hope this does not refer to you, but you probably have heard this, where we give the wrong answer. And we push people farther away from the truth, and especially from a relationship that they could have with Jesus. And so, a baby dies for no apparent reason. There is a crib death, and someone says, God needed another angel in heaven. Or a young mother has breast cancer and it progresses and she gets to the point where eventually she succumbs and she dies. And she leaves behind a husband and two young children. And someone says, well, God works in mysterious way. Or there is a car accident, a horrific crash. It's prom night or graduation and there are young teenagers hoping to enjoy a pivotal moment in their life but instead there is a drunk driver and he slams into them and all of them are killed instantly and again another well-meaning person says well God must have had a purpose or something in your life goes goes south it, it takes a turn for the worse And someone says to you, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. Or maybe you hear that word, that diagnosis from your doctor that you have cancer. And your well-meaning friend says, well, God never gives you more than you can handle. Really? No wonder there are so many who push away the faith of Christianity. I mean, who wants to believe in a God that causes pain and suffering? And it doesn't help when we have personalities on television who proclaim the very thing. A lot of you remember in 9-11, famous TV preacher got up and told the whole world, this is God's judgment on America. Or when we have a hurricane, someone says that God is treating the city of New Orleans or wherever it might be with exactly what they deserve. If that's the case, why not send a sandstorm on Las Vegas and just wipe that out? Or Washington, D.C., while we're at it, that'll get rid of all the corruption, right? Is that the kind of God that we have? If it is, it's not the God of the Bible. It's not the God that I would believe in. It's not Jesus Christ who has come down from heaven and become flesh and blood. The same one who welcomes little babies into his kingdom, would he then kill them? Would he cause teenagers in the the flower of their youth, in the prime of their life, when they have so much potential, potential and opportunity? Would he cut those lives short? Would he send hurricanes and tornadoes to wipe out entire families? Is that the kind of God that we have? It is true that bad things happen in this life. Raise your hand if you would agree with that. They happen sometimes because people around us make foolish choices. Would you agree with that? Sometimes they happen because you make bad choices. Would you agree with that? But it doesn't happen at the hand of God. God is not the perpetrator. God is not the one who causes the suffering. And so what is The right answer. Why do we have suffering if there is a God in heaven who is great and good? Well, one little word, it's right there in your notes. It's called freedom. Freedom. People have a choice. Just as God's people have a choice to do what is good and right... There are others who have the choice to do what is wrong and evil. And so, just as we can pick up a helping hand for someone who is hurting, another can pick up a gun and shoot someone and kill them. And so we ask, well, then why doesn't God intervene? Why doesn't God prevent all these tragedies? Again, the word, freedom. If there is no freedom to hate, there can be no freedom to love. And then we are nothing but numb robots in this world. Is that what you want? No. (laughs) Nor is it what God wants either. And so we need to understand that There is evil in the world because people choose to do evil things. Okay, okay, but what about the hurricanes, the tornadoes, the floods, all these natural so-called disasters? In the very beginning, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, and they chose to eat the fruit that was forbidden to them, when they chose to go against the will of God, there was a curse. There would be pain, there would be suffering. There would be thorns and thistles in the ground that God designed to produce all of this abundance in wealth that too would be cursed and it would be difficult and there would eventually be death. And all of nature along with humanity was cursed as well. And so not only... Are people broken, not only is humanity broken, but creation itself is broken, and it suffers as well. And so finally, sin is the cause of all suffering. Now here's the dilemma, here's the issue truly. As human beings, every single one of us is infected. Whether you are good or bad, righteous or evil, regardless of biology or geography, all of humanity is infected. But so often we only look at the symptoms. Just like when we're in the hospital, we want the doctor to cure the symptom. Like I was all wrapped up here and I had the pain reliever, I had the medicine, I have the therapy. But ultimately, what I need is the cause, don't I, to be healed? And that is our sin problem that needs to be cured. Now, thanks be to God, there is a cure. And Nikki pointed to it before, it is the cross. It is in the cross of Jesus Christ that there is healing. Now, would you agree with me that no one has ever, in the history of humanity, ever suffered more than Jesus Christ. Treated with injustice. Betrayed by friends. Rejected by his own people. And then humiliated, stripped, mocked, ridiculed, and beaten by his enemies. And yet he was completely innocent. As Peter reminds us, he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. He had never told a lie. He was never dishonest. And then when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him, meaning his Father in heaven who judges justly. And that was all before the crucifixion. He hasn't even yet gone to the cross. Imagine it having been wept with leather and bone and metal. Your back is like raw meat, and not only your back, but around your torso, your shoulders, your neck, a crown of thorns jammed on your head and then nailed to a rough beam. Crucifixion was meant To be slow, so you would suffer and not just die, but suffer excruciating pain, which means out of the cross, for hours and even days, contorting your body into positions that the Father had never intended. Gasping for every breath, and finally having life squeezed out of you Jesus suffered all of that so that he would know our pain it's one thing to read about pain to see a movie about pain you know I was a biology teacher before I was a pastor I used to teach my advanced biology class all about cancer And I had not a clue what it was really like until I had it myself. God doesn't just look at our suffering. He's experienced it. And so he knows exactly what you and I go through in this life. But it's one thing to be there for us and with us. It's another to win the victory, to provide the cure. You see, Jesus tasted not only the pain and the suffering of the cross, but also the curse of sin, all the way back to the first human beings, Adam and Eve. And he brought about that reversal. He literally rose above the suffering, not only enduring it, but claiming the victory. And we know that to be true because he rose from the grave and has ascended into heaven. And so because he bore our sins, not just the symptoms of pain and suffering, but all of our sins on the cross, we also can die to sin and live to righteousness. We not only have Christ's example of how to endure suffering, but we have his Power to show others as well. And so we ask the question then, what is God's role in the symptoms of pain and suffering? Now you have to think a little bit here. Go all the way back to the gospel. Do you remember that? It's been like 10 minutes ago. 15. Do you remember the very last line of the gospel? You can go ahead and look it up. It quotes Isaiah. When Jesus went to Peter's mother-in-law's house and cured her, he also cured all of these people who had demons, who had diseases. Because just like Isaiah would predict, he would bear our infirmities and it says that he would carry our diseases. Isaiah said that he would carry our sorrows. Not just physical diseases, but all of our suffering and also our sin. And so when you suffer, God suffers. When you cry, God cries. When you ache in agony, God aches in agony. He is there with you, carrying you through whatever you might suffer. And so finally then, as we look at this question, why is there suffering in the world? Does it ever occur to you that we're asking the wrong question? We know there's going to be suffering. Because we live in a broken world. A sin-filled world. An evil world. And we are all affected, good or bad, no matter who we are, we will suffer. And so the better question is, then when we suffer... What are we going to do? What happens to good people, Christian people, righteous people like you when bad things happen to you? Let me ask you this. Take Jesus out of the equation for just a moment. Did did anything ever bad happen to the apostles? Oh yeah, they all martyred. Did anything bad ever happen to St. Paul? Oh yeah, beaten, shipwrecked. Stoned nearly to death. And yet, Paul writes that all things work together for the good of those who love him. Meaning God, who have been called according to his purpose. All things, even when you suffer, even bad things, all things work for the good. Not only can we endure our sufferings because we have not just the example, but the victory of Jesus. We can be there alongside others. We can grow and we can mature. We can use a different perspective to help not only our brothers and sisters in Christ, but all of those people out there who are asking that question. Why is there suffering? Often there is suffering so that I can be there right with you and point to the cross of Jesus Christ. So that not only your symptoms, but your cause of pain and suffering, your sin can be forgiven by the one who voluntarily suffered and died for all. And so the next time, when someone you know is suffering, and they ask, where is God in all of this? He is right there with them, carrying them through their suffering and ultimately winning the victory over sin and death. Be prepared to give an answer. It's all rise.